Welcome back to HodgePodge. I'm Allison Klackwitz, your host. Today's guest is Ashley Buggy, a mother, military widow, explorer, speaker, and award-winning author. She is also an amazing human being. In the past two years, she has risen from unimaginable challenges after losing her naval officer husband, the late Captain Brian J. Buggy, in a tragic deep diving accident while she was pregnant with the couple's third child. After surviving this, Ashley turned her grief into poignant passion and has released two books, a beautiful memoir based on her life and experience, as well as a children's book that releases today. Stay tuned for our inspirational conversation here on HodgePodge. Welcome to HodgePodge, Ashley. Hello. 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 Hey. I am so honored to host you today and incredibly proud and excited to share your story with our listeners. It's, it's a pretty amazing um, story of yours. <laughs> and basically, you, you, uh, oh, yeah, please. and you are a gold star spouse, an author, most recently, mm-hmm. yay, an advocate and speaker, yeah. right? <laughs> and so I was, yeah, I was hoping yeah. that you could share a bit about um, who you are and your, your journey to, to, to now. Yeah, definitely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to get to uh, share my story with your viewers. And um, I, I love doing stuff like this. Yes. So thank you for the platform yeah, to do welcome. it with. You're uh, welcome. So I'm actually about Gold Star, which military. Yeah, thank you. I'm a Gold Star spouse as of May 2018, uh, which means that I'm a military widow. My husband, Brian, passed away on active duty uh, in a scuba diving accident. He was an officer in the Navy, and we were stationed in Hawaii. I was six months pregnant with our third child. Uh, We had a one- and a three-year-old at home, and I got the call that he was in a training dive. And um, a very tragic story later, he did not uh, come home that day, so... He passed away uh, in May 2018, and, um, you know, quickly I had to make the decision if I was going to stay on the island uh, or leave the island as a military family. We didn't really have a home base, much like all the other military spouses out there kind of know. Your home is where <laughs> your current duty station yeah. is or where your family is, and um, so, yeah, I spent the next few months moving off the island I decided I didn't want to stay and have my baby by myself in Hawaii and um, moved my one and three-year-old children and my pregnant self and my dog uh, away from our home in Hawaii and spent the next few months um, giving birth to our daughter by myself um, grieving right alongside my one and three-year-old children with a newborn baby and having to explain to them, um, you know, the concepts of death and dying and forever and why Dada wasn't coming home. And, you know, we'd left Hawaii. And so to them, 
in their minds, data is still in Hawaii. So, you know, it was kind of like, can we FaceTime data in Hawaii? Well, can we go back to Hawaii and get data? Um, you know, a lot of foreign concepts for very, very young children. Um, and eventually I, I turned to writing. I didn't really have any outlet to get my grief out of me and to work through some of these really hard sad emotions and so I started writing um, a blog on my website started off as and um, it had kind of gained some some steam because of who my husband was and things that he had done Um, the year prior he had sailed our 36 foot sailboat across the Pacific Ocean from our duty station in uh, Bangor Washington to Hawaii (laughs) and like in a crazy PCS move, him and three of his friends decided to sail, sail our boat across the ocean. And so he kind of had a bit of a following doing that. He had basically the eyes of the Navy on him during that because it was an unprecedented <laughs> way to PCS. Um, right. <laughs> but just an adventurer and an explorer to the core, uh, he did it and he made it happen. And so to die, you know, eight months, 10 months later, um, in another kind of crazy big way in a scuba diving accident. Um, you know, we had a lot of, of eyes on our family. And so, um, you know, I don't know, this kind of mixed feelings of how to feel about the attention on us, but, you know, eventually it did, it was comforting to know that so many people cared and, were concerned and interested in where our family was and what was going on and and how we were doing uh, with such young kids. And then I got a lot of encouragement and um, kind of excitement around what I was writing and just the way that I write and how open and transparent I was through the grief process for both myself and my kids. Um, That eventually turned into a book called Always Coming Back Home. Uh, which was just released. And then it actually eventually turned into uh, myself helping my kids write a book about their own grief journey, um, which is a book called A Hui Ho, which in Hawaiian means until we meet again. So that's yeah. kind of where we are now. It's been two weeks. I know, it's a lot. It's been two are, and a half years. Right. And it's been busy. <laughs> and not to laugh, but it's just so, yeah. I'm, I'm so, I'm just in awe of, the entire story and I was telling you earlier I had been watching different videos and things on your website um and some short films that (coughs) excuse me that really you know introduced me to to your life and everything that Mm -hmm. you had gone through um let's talk a little bit about always coming back home uh, your your memoir that is yeah. number one. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon. I saw, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> uh, how wonderful! And um, it was based around your emails. Is that right? So basically, it it came about. Um, yeah, first of all, mm-hmm. yes, it hit the number one bestseller mm-hmm. list on Amazon, which mm-hmm. is just mind-blowing to me Mm -hmm. because it came from I have all these stories and all of these memories and all of these just insanely beautiful moments that my husband and I shared together we traveled the world with our kids we sailed around the world not around the world we sailed in locations around the world 
Um, we scuba dived in, in places around the world together. And I just have all of these memories inside of me. And in the months and year following his death, I was just so scared that I was going to forget them. Mm. I know that memories change and distort over time. And I was so scared that I would forget the way that he enunciated certain words oh, yeah. or that the way that it felt when he held my hand or the memories of bringing our kids home or of how it felt when he left for deployments. I wanted to capture all the happiness and all the sadness as I remembered it in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that was kind of the premise of writing. It was just, I wanted to capture our love story. I wanted my kids who were one and three when he died and the newborn who would never get to meet mm -hmm. her dad. I wanted them to have something tangible that they could say, that was my mom and dad because they'll never know us as a couple. Right. And so it was really important to me to do that. And then I also wanted, I know our story sounds like this is a movie. This isn't, this isn't like real life love story mm -hmm. because of all the things that we did together. And so I included things like our emails back and forth um, on his deployments. He was a, a sonar tech on submarines and would be gone for six months at a time but he would write me emails every day. They wouldn't always obviously get sent. Those who have spouses out on submarines, you know, you, you might go a month but before you get an, a correspondence from your spouse out there. Right. But a month would pass and I'd get 30 emails from him. <laughs> and so I wanted to include some of those, those real life emails back and forth, the exchanges, the text messages, the little cards, you know, when he sent flowers, things like that, that just show who he was and his voice and who we were as a couple mm -hmm. and share some of the hardships. You know, we went through two miscarriages and that was really, really, mm -hmm. really, really hard on us as individuals, as a family and as a couple. And, you know, we experienced life together, the good and the bad. And I just, like I said, I wanted to capture just the reality of life as a military couple, spending a lot of time apart but still having this beautiful love story and then it ending uh, in tragedy. Yeah. And, you know, I, <clears throat> there was a beautiful short film on your website that included pieces of the memorial service for your husband, Brian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And one of the last lines in a tribute, I believe that you wrote, someone else was reading, <clears throat> but mm -hmm. it was the one of the last lines said, I know you will always be coming back home to me. And that just struck yeah. me, you know, I was like, there it is. There's the title yeah. and there is the sentiment and this, that um, it just really struck a chord in me. It was so beautiful. And I can't yeah. imagine the strength <clears throat> and pain it took for you to write those words and reflection of that. Yeah, that that one was certainly so the title of the book, Always Coming Back Home, that was actually something that he used to always say to me. And it's kind of it's not funny, but they're like these um, <laughs> these lyrics from a like a hip hop song. <laughs> he didn't even listen to hip hop, but right. I think he heard it once and those words like stuck out to him. Mm. But every time he would leave on deployment or anything or even just, you know, gone on travel for a few weeks. That was something he always said. We'd say goodbye at the airport. And he said, you know, I'm always coming back home to you. I actually have it as a screensaver on my computer. 
uh, he popped up in Dubai one time on the submarine and wrote on my Facebook message, hey, you know, I miss you. I love you. I'm always coming back home to you. And it was just always something that he said to me. And I know he can't obviously physically come back home to me, but the thought of him always being there and he's always going to be a part of my life. He's always going to be, you know, my love story and the kid's dad. And I know that no matter where I'm at in the world, same as when he was here and when he's not, like that's always a piece of me and my heart and my home. And it was just, to me, the perfect title for that book. It captures who he was, who we were as a couple and the sentiment of, of the, the words within. Yes. And, and to make the rest of us out here <laughs> want to live, right? Mm-hmm. Want to take advantage of every moment and every space. I was telling you earlier, I was sitting here with COVID fatigue yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and feeling sorry for myself some days and frustrated, you know, and, and just curious, you know, what, advice do you have for not just military spouses, but parents in general, um, or anyone that has suffered some type of loss, you know, during this, you know, what are your thoughts? (laughs) I think, I think it's definitely valid for everyone to feel sorry for themselves, (laughs) Mm -hmm. whether it's COVID, whether it's honestly any, any traumatic or any, any sort of emotional trauma or anything that we go through. You know, I, I get messages from people around the world who want to connect with me, who found my story, who have found me online, have read my story, and they always say, you know, I know this doesn't compare with what you've gone through. And it, it's just, it hurts when people say that because I know, I know that what I went through is like, you know, the worst of the worst. Like, I know nobody wants to imagine going through that but that was the worst day of my life. And Mm -hmm. the worst day of your life might be the day that you got divorced or Mm -hmm. that you lost your job or, you know, your child got sick. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It matters that we can all empathize with each other of knowing what that worst day of our lives feels like. And the best advice that I can give is to just embrace it. You can feel sorry for yourself you can say, I wish this, these weren't my circumstances. I wish that things were different. But after you say that, recognize that you have the ability to, to move forward with it. Embrace the sadness. Say, this sucks. But you know what? I don't want to live in this sadness. I don't want this to be my story. I don't want to just feel consumed with this. Because even though I can't change the circumstances that, I, that have happened to me, I can change how I react to them and what I do with them moving forward. And so when I got to a place of, you know, it took a a while by all means, you know, of grieving Mm -hmm. and of being sad and of, of living in this depression after losing Brian, I said, I don't want this to be my story forever. I want to do something with this. I want to make something from this so that this hasn't just consumed me. And so I think, especially during times of COVID right now, where we're all adjusting. This is a new way of life for quite some time. And this sucks. Like, I think we can all admit that <laughs> this is the worst. This is not fun. Mm-mm. We all, for the most part, have kids, young kids. We're, we're dealing it. with school and work and, yeah. you know, eating out at restaurants. Like, our way of life has changed. And 
it sucks. We can all embrace the fact that it sucks, but you know what? There's still things that we can do to move forward from it. We can Mm -hmm. still find ways to come together as a family. We can still go play in the forest away from everybody. Mm -hmm. We can still, you know, in our house, we're doing constant prank wars on each other, me and the kids, like just finding (laughs) ways to get through it and make each other laugh and, you know, talk openly about it and, and just say, you know, this sucks. I wish that this wasn't our reality, but (laughs) understanding it is. And there's still ways that you can look back and, and say, I made the best of that situation, despite how crummy the circumstances were. Yes. No, it's, it, it, you were also talking, you know, you're obviously through your relationship with your, your late husband too. I mean, you were adventurous. You loved yeah. to travel. You loved the sea. You know, these are things that I love. <laughs> that yeah. I grew, I grew up on the water and my dad built sailboats, um, when I was a child, that was like his side business. And so, so much of what you're speaking speaks to me and speaks to my, <laughs> my psyche. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, just the importance of, of putting yourself out there and making these memories and, mm-hmm. and, you know, my, my children's book, um, Mommy's Big Red Monster Truck <laughs> is kind of about that. It's about a mom who takes her son on a journey all over the U.S. and the world and the importance of that time of spending take together. And you remind me yeah. so, so much of that, you know, the importance of being there for your yeah. children. And you overcame that. You said, no, I'm not going to just sit here in my depression right Mm -hmm. I'm going to 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 show my children how to pick up and and live yeah and and that's that's amazing because not everyone has that ability but I know that you are there to encourage spouses Mm -hmm. do you help um, mentor and advocate for um, gold star spouses or just you know uh, veterans or military families in general I mean, nothing specifically, but I Mm -hmm. do, you know, I do a lot of writing for military spouse magazines Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. sharing my story as far and as wide reaching as I can. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely connect with a lot of military spouses and military spouse groups um, because, you know, I, like I said earlier, I know my circumstances, hopefully not, not a lot or really anyone else has to go through that, but the the point that people can connect on are just that feeling of of not of uncertainty of not knowing how to get through whatever they're going through and i've been in that position and so i think just kind of talking through and acknowledging the fact that i was there mm-hmm. and i'm not by any means you know i haven't made it to the top of the mountain i'm two years in and I'm You're still still there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's, there's mm-hmm. still days that I tell my kids I need a few minutes and I go in my closet and I hold a picture of Brian and I cry because mm-hmm. I miss him and I'm sad. And it's hard, so hard being a solo parent mm-hmm. to three kids, very mm-hmm. young kids who are grieving. You know, there's still moments where I'm mm-hmm. like, this sucks. I feel sorry for myself. But I also recognize that I don't want to feel that way forever. And my kids still need me. And I want to show them that 
no matter what life throws at us, if we all work together and we talk about it and we come together and figure it out, there are ways through it. And that was honestly part of the point of writing a hooey ho with them was Mm -hmm. as much as writing helped push me and get these thoughts and feelings out and captured so that I knew if I ever needed to come back and feel that sadness again, it was there. But the fact that I'd put it out there meant that I could also step forward. Now I had captured it exactly as it has happened. And now I could take that next step forward. And so I wanted to give my kids the same ability of letting their voice be heard. And when Brian passed away, um, I, I was looking for resources for really young kids and there was not a lot out there. There was, you know, fuzzy animals talking to kids. There was, um, religious books, there was psychologists and parents telling kids how to feel, but there was nothing depicting real kids going through real trauma using, Mm -hmm. yeah, using terms like death, dying, sadness Mm -hmm. forever we try to shelter our kids from pain, from trauma, from these concepts, which is absolutely as a parent, you don't want your kid to feel sad. But I was seeing that these kids, as much as I was trying to hide them from hearing words like death and dying and sadness and funeral and cremation and ashes, you know, the reality is, is that they were hearing them. And mm-hmm. if we weren't, if I wasn't leading the conversation and talking to them about it, they were trying to figure it out themselves. And I didn't want them to have this skewed image in their head of what had happened or of where Dada was or what was going on. I wanted them to have the facts from me so that they knew I was going to be honest with them and that we could work through it together. And so there was nothing out there for me to give my kids to say, look, other kids have gone through this. Other kids have gone to their parents' funeral. They've heard these words before. And so we created it. (laughs) We sat down and we shared the kid's story. No, I think that's amazing. And and from your firsthand experience that you were able to Mm -hmm. do that. And I I review a lot of children's books and some uh, deal with grief and loss and some deal just with, you know, uh, coping you know, in, in whatever situation. Um, and you're yeah. right. <laughs> Very rarely are they just a general, you know, like a real discussion depicting a real child, Yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and saying those hard words and saying those things because children are, they're aware. My mm-hmm. son definitely is. He doesn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we wish he was less aware no, and that's for terrible sure. you know, yeah but, but he's he's there he's, he he doesn't miss it yeah. and and um so really it's a beautiful gift that you've given your your children and yourself by writing that I can't wait to read both of these books <laughs> and you. and review hopefully for, on the on the website um both of them and to be able to to bring your message because it really is incredible so you guys now you're in um uh washington state is that Mm -hmm. correct yeah 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 and the yeah go ahead we uh you'll read about in always coming back home brian and i met in portland oregon okay um that's kind of where our story starts we met fell in love 
dated for a summer and then he was like oh this is it for me let's get married I'm gonna join the military we can live happily ever after uh (laughs) and I was 20 years old and I thought oh my god you're crazy absolutely not like no way and so we broke up went our separate ways and years later came back together uh again in the northwest and started our love story back up at that point and so the Pacific Northwest specifically has just, I don't have a lot of family here, but that's what feels like home to me. And so mm-hmm. after he passed away and I left Hawaii, um, eventually this is where I wanted to come back and introduce my kids to. So we live in Washington state, but just outside of Portland, Oregon, where Brian and I met. Right. I actually went, um, I was in that area a couple of summers ago. One of my best friends, who's an artist, she lived in Portland for years and I'd been out there years ago to visit her and then got a chance to go back. They had moved to Vancouver Mm -hmm. and uh, Washington. Yeah. It is such a lovely area. Yeah. We, we got to go hiking and do all the things. And um, Portland's such a fun place, too. Yeah. And um, so it is. It's a beautiful place to be able to raise your children and be yeah. reminded of those memories of your beginnings with Brian. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Ashley, I just wish you so much luck. Uh, uh, already you're winning awards and, yeah. and so, so many wonderful things are happening. And I can't wait to continue to watch you on this journey. And um, I, are there any other projects or anything? This sounds like a lot. They're publishing <laughs> two books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually back just, to back yeah. I know and I actually in the midst of of all of that about a week before um always coming back home got published I finished writing uh the next book which is untitled as of yet um but I just finished writing it so that one picks up where always coming back home leaves off it kind of goes through mm. the next year of my life of oh, wow. um yeah giving birth of deciding to settle back here in the Northwest. Um, I actually took all three kids uh, for two months. We spent traveling through eight countries of Europe uh, on this kind of healing journey about a year after losing Brian. And so I write about that and all the places we went, why we went there. Um, Aren't you glad you got to do that? Yes. Now, especially in in retrospect. Yes, definitely. Wow, how amazing for them to, to have done that with their mom yeah it was a a really incredible and actually I had a a documentary filmmaker follow us for a portion of it um and so there's a a video available on my website a 20 minute video pretty quick um but it kind of talks through why why we did that where we went the meaning behind each place and then just you know watching us kind of come together as a family um to make some memories and healing it was a pretty amazing trip but anyone that wants to watch it it's out there it's on ashleybuggy.com um, yes and then I also have a documentary called if only uh that talks about Brian's scuba diving accident I worked with a filmmaker from the Netherlands and a subject matter expert from the UK and we talk through um human factors and um kind of the events leading up to and including Brian's accident so that's on there as well mm. Yes. So when, um, tell me the children's book will release October 
when? October 20th. It's available October on 20th. Amazon and Barnes and Noble now um, for pre-order, but it'll be published October 20th. Okay, so you can go ahead, folks can go ahead and purchase a copy yeah. of Always Coming Home. And, and then they can go in and uh, purchase a copy or a pre-sale copy of the children's book. And I will make sure to have links to all of Ashley's uh, social media accounts and her website, as well as where to purchase her books on Amazon. And um, I just want to thank you again for being a host and sharing your incredible story. And I can't wait to see what's more uh, coming, coming from you in the future. <laughs> and um, you're, you're, you're definitely an inspiration. So, yeah, and you're I such a beautiful and, and make sure to follow her uh, on Instagram. Cause I even got to hear Ashley play her ukulele. Oh my God. <laughs> like this lady she she i've got to level up man she's she's really set the bar she's sitting there playing her little her little ukulele and singing like a little angel oh. and the kids in the background saying mom knock it off are you done yet so I love it. I love it. No, you're, you're, you just, um, you just exude beauty in Aww. so many different ways. So, but thank you. Um, yeah. So again, um, thank you to Ashley for being uh, a guest today on HodgePodge and thanks to our listeners. Make sure to read the accompanying blog post with today's podcast that will link you to all of Ashley's social media sites and where to purchase her books. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for next time on HodgePodge.